the Dumb Nerd Thing, the show where I sit down and talk with people about whatever it is they're nerdy about, because uh, everybody's nerdy about something, whether that's Jim Henson or black metal or pediatrics or The Office or, in this case, the video game series Devil May Cry. Uh, we're taking a bit of a, a shift here at Dumb Nerd Thing. Uh, we're going to try and have shorter episodes, and we're going to be we're split each interview into two, so today is just going to be the first half of an interview with Tobar, Sebastian Tobar, one of my favorite people in the world, honest to God. Um, he's from Colombia, and he is, uh, I met him when I studied abroad, and he, I can talk with him forever about uh, super nerdy stuff, so today is, a, is, more, is more of a dive into why, you know, uh, people like certain types of, like, really intense video games like video games where it's really hard to like get into why do people like those video games so much why do they like being challenged on such an intense level so uh yeah um tune in uh this week for devil may cry and uh next week will be superman and let me tell you it's gonna be a good episode but speaking of good episodes roll the tape Today is a very special day on Dumb Nerd Thing. I've got one of my favorite people in the whole wide world, Sebastian Tobar, a.k.a. Tobar, a.k.a. Superman. <laughs> uh, Tobar, why don't you give yourself a little introduction? All right. Um, greetings, everyone. Uh, as Teddy was saying, my name is Sebastian Tobar. You can call me, well, whatever you want, Tobes, Tobes Warp, Toby. Um, I met Teddy in China back in 2016. And as you can guess by my accent, I apologize for that. I'm a little bit souther than the rest of the cast. <laughs> Don't apologize for that. It's a very cute accent. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. Can you actually in the recording put like a Spanish guitar in the background? Just every time I say a sentence. There it is. It was just there. <laughs> yeah, it sounded good too. Perfect. Um, yeah, what the cast doesn't know is that this is actually my... Second time in a Team Fry production. My very first time was in a movie that we made together and with Josh and everyone from TVC. Uh, hashtag search yes. for it online. It's going to be a hit in 10 years. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we made a, a no-budget horror film when we were just... had nothing else to do when we were in China, in the outskirts <laughs> of Beijing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, I died in that movie. Spoilers. <laughs> a little bit yeah. of spoilers. Uh, I mean, you're being hunted by demons and yeah. devils, which, <laughs> which segues perfectly yeah, into what you fun. want to talk about today, yeah. which is the uh, classic video game Wait. series that's uh, made yeah. its triumphant return recently. <laughs> yep, with Devil May Cry 5. Devil May Devil Cry. May Cry. Ah, such a cool video game. I can't believe you actually haven't played it, Teddy. You should. Well, so, yeah, I played um, mm -hmm. none of the games going up because <laughs> I didn't have a PlayStation. And uh, I just didn't, got it. I don't know. Got it. Yeah, um, yeah, I get the idea. But right now I'm playing through the third one just to get ready so I, eventually I can play the fifth one. Yeah. But, like, what? Yeah. What, what is? What, what is? is <laughs> <Devil May Cry? laughs> All right. So this is actually 
a little bit of a connection with a previous episode that you uh, that you have already made. Remember the special mm. episode of Resident Evil? Yes. All right. Episode uh, something Resident yeah. Evil speedrunning and speed anime. Running. Yep, yep, it's... that one. So the thing is that the company that created Resident Evil, well, you know, Capcom, actually also created. Devil May Cry series. And as you will expect, both series are pretty related. Um, it started <laughs> when, well, at the end of, Res of Resident Evil 3, remember? Um, Jill Valentine just defeated Nemesis. Holy shit, that was scary. Um, <laughs> I just have like flashbacks <laughs> of Nemesis. <laughs> Still screaming uh -huh. the nights of that. Uh, so. What the production team did is that uh, right after that, they were trying to create the Resident Evil 4. So in that span of those years that they were creating it, and they made like different projects and different ideas, one of the ideas was actually to fight ghosts. Others, it was like fighting more of uh, demon entities, well, demonesque-ish entities. So what happened is that they made that trip to Spain, and they recorded a lot of information from the castles and well most for the ambience as you will call it uh crazy thing is that <laughs> at the moment they they said well the idea is good but in the resident evil games we can have um unnatural things like crazy things just because in the game you have to fight demons and it was very well action-based and it was actually going for a more fast pace, more action, more explosions. Um, yeah, the kind of things that you actually see in the in the more recent uh, Resident Evil games, like in 5 and 6. Um, so those are the kind of things that they decided to put in the, in, in the series, in the Devil May Cry series. So instead of those ideas like putting in the trash can, they decided to create this whole new game. So when where they can get like the whole wackiness and get like out of the box, uh, you started. You told me you started playing like uh, the third game, right? Mm -hmm. Have you defeated the first boss, Cerberus? Yes. So, I I think you know where I'm going from. Right after you defeat him, a lady in a mortal cycle just come right in and shoots up <laughs> missile to Dante, and he does yeah, the yeah. Matrix things. And then he yeah, starts surfing the missile. <laughs> it's so weird that it comes... Yeah. Like, Resident Evil is such a slow-paced yeah. horror game that's, like, about the scariness. Like, yeah. Resident Evil you know, 1 and 2 are, like... Yeah, it's more like... It's about, like... It's very realistic in yeah. a lot of ways because you have to, rate, like, manage your resources and yeah. all that. And then it's so interesting that that... They were trying to make that, and yeah. then they just ended up making something that's so over-the-top yeah. crazy. And the moment you're referring to in the third game, yeah. a woman comes in, drives into a giant castle yeah. in a motorcycle, shoots a, a rocket at you, yeah. and then you jump on the rocket, yeah. and you skate around the room on the rocket, which is just insane. Yeah. It's so over-the-top and crazy. Yeah, that's exactly what they wanted to do, like in the game. So all of the things that they couldn't put like in the Resident Evil because it had to be like more serious, you can actually see in the characters also that they went for a more goofyish but kind of serious, heavy, heavy over the top game. For example, the, one of the things that they mm -hmm. loved uh, a lot of, well, all of the fans loved about the game 
is, well, ironically, the protagonist, Dante. So the guy, how do I describe him? Uh, his yeah, kind of give a bit of an introduction to what you do in the game. Yeah, so what you do in the game, basically, uh, is that you're put in the shoes of a demon hunter. So what you do is that you are thrown into a situation where you have to defeat demons. Each game has like a different settings, but the concept idea is that some demons are going through the world, a lot appearing like in the real world, and they're trying to destroy it. The basic and easy. And each demon has like its, well, its goal, eating people, burning things, yada, yada. Each demon is like kind of different, but they all serve like the same As concept. demons do. Yeah, same, same story, same old. So the thing is that in the world of Devil May Cry, there are two parallel worlds. It's the human world and the demons, well, and devil's world. It's kind of, hmm, how do you call it? Like, yeah, like kind of in a marble style. Like it's a different dimension, but not really. It's like a different space in time. So what happens in each and almost every game is that those... Fra- that fragile line that's, uh, that this divides both worlds kind of disappears and yeah hell comes to the world and for some reason or another Dante is there like his job is to hunt demons but as you can guess it's not kind of like an exorcist of, or the ghostbuster that he's well known he's just, <laughs> yeah he's just like receives a call and he's like hey I, I need to pay the bills and he's like Dante, we have an issue. Like, what happened? A huge castle, like kind of, kind of Castlevania style, just appeared out of nowhere and demons are attacking. And he's like, cool, pay me and I'll go. And he's like, okay. And that's the basic idea. Oh, I never thought of it as kind of similar to the Castlevania setup where he goes through a castle yeah. fighting demons. Yeah. it's it. Uh, most of the time, like most of the games, well, yeah, it's the basic concept that uh, kind of like um, a foreign structures just appears in the world. In the first one, as a, um, it's at the full castle, like a full appearing castle, but it didn't appear out of nowhere. Dante just saying, mm-hmm. he's just told like, well, we'll get that later in the lore, but he's just told by a mysterious lady like, hey, um, there's this castle full of demons, can you go and get, well, the job done? And he's like, cool. So he goes to the castle. In the second one, it's kind of the same story, but in the third one, as you are seeing, it's just like the... <laughs> A huge tower appears in the middle of town, and because Dante is Dante, he just says, like, cool, I'll go and investigate. Kind of Scooby-Doo-ish <laughs> feeling. Right. So, like, where did you get started playing these games? Ah, you're gonna guess. Um, mo- the first three games were released in the PlayStation 2. So, I started playing the third one. Huge mistake, actually. Well, I don't know if it's a mistake or better. Um, in the PS2 of my cousin. So here's the here's the funny part. Um, I don't know if you have heard, but in the Devil May Cry series of the f- well five games and the little spin-off, the most difficult one is the Devil May Cry Three. Is the third mm-hmm. installation. It's it's tough. Yeah, it's the toughest one. Um, the first, the second, the fourth, and the fifth, as far as I know, and the DMC, um, they're pretty doable. Like, even if you get, like, to the top uh, difficulty, if you get, like, the, yeah, your instincts uh, on point and you remember some of the enemies, you can actually beat it in, well, difficulties, but not as stressful. The third one, 
the thing is that it was released in Japan as well, everything, and it was ported directly from Japan here, just the translation. The thing is that at the time the producers went a little bit over the top with the difficulty. So at the beginning, you're just like minding your own business and then boom, one boss is just beating your butt 57 times in a row. So it's like, what the hell happened? <laughs> and <laughs> the fun part of that game is that the first releases, the normal edition, doesn't have like an uh, easy mode. So you're just thrown directly into normal and hard. And you go to normal and you get your butt kicked. A lot. Like, <laughs> a lot. But that problem was, like, changed because... Uh, how do I'm going to say a little bit bluntly. When the game was released in the special edition so that you can use uh, another character and uh, some extra missions, uh, they decided to add the easy mode because... Thank you. <laughs> because it's extremely hard. It's doable, at, uh, <laughs> at, but um, I'm just going to spoil you a little bit. The final enemy, he, he has, like, um, unreadable attacks. He just, like, posts, and you're like, what the hell is he doing? You approach him without blocking or doing anything, and you just cut uh, close to a hundred times. I'm just uh, doing an estimation because he cut so fast that you don't see. You just hold, see, like, the after cuts in the dimension. It's like, cool. And you just see your life bar just going to like 1%. It's like, my dude, my life, calm down. And just in one combo. So it just, it, yeah, that game is like extremely difficult. But it also regarded as the best game. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. also regarded as the best one. So I'm kind of happy you started there. But I'm also a little bit scared because difficulty spikes, you know. It almost, mm -hmm. it almost makes you like drop the game. But it's certainly the best one. Did you start with the first one? No, I started from the third one, and after oh, how much was it? Like five months doing trying, I finally beat it. Because <laughs> after that game and playing with some of my friends, I realized something when I was young. It turns out I'm like um, a gaming sadist. So <laughs> there was yeah, there was a reason like no one wanted to play fighting games with me. They just say I didn't understand like until like, a couple of years later. I was like, oh yeah, I'm a, I'm a little bit on the heavy side over there. So um, the appeal is that it was so well, difficult. Let's let's go into that a little bit more. What do you mean by a gaming sadist? <laughs> All right, so I'm just throwing a little bit more flowers than usual um, at myself right now. It's because. To put it bluntly, I hate to lose. So, <laughs> I, yeah, I take a lot of joy and pride when I beat my enemy to a plop and just do it, like, effortlessly. So, yeah, I become a little bit <laughs> over the top there. So in the fighting games, it's easier because it just fights for, like, two minutes stops. But mm -hmm. uh, I made my brother so, so mad at me because we're playing, uh, I don't know if the audience or you have played this is a game from the playstation one called bloody roar so i'm not familiar yeah what is this yeah it's a series of well it's a series of games that the basic idea is a fighting game but the well the twist is that you can turn into well anthropological animals i think it's the it's the word so you're a guy and you turn into a werewolf a guy that turns into a, a giant insect a guy that turns into a lion so that was pretty cool. Well, you remember, it was the time I was like 10 years old, so everything was cooler, but 
yeah, the concept itself is cool and it had like blood, kind of Mortal Kombat ish. And nice. it was not, it was, yeah, it was easy for a fighting game. So you just block, just go put backwards. But uh, because the computer beat my, yeah, beat my butt like for how much was it? Like for an entire month. I started playing the <laughs> game so much that I became so good that I was unbeatable for all of my friends. And my brother <laughs> was the one that got like the biggest part of the cake. So one night when we were playing, I was actually going easy at him, but because, well, I was kind of a sadist, I was just telling him how to how to block. And I was like, yeah, you just have to press backwards. And then I would say like, yeah, I'm not going to block. And after I just left with the 5% of my life bar, I would just start blocking and doing crazy combos. And he was like, but tell me how to block. And I was like, you, you just have to press backwards. And then I would just hit him like low. And he was like so mad. He threw the controller and he kicked the PlayStation to the point that it wasn't, uh, it didn't work anymore. So after that, oh I was like, yeah, uh, that wasn't a, a nice response. But then after that, in other fighting games like Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter, Digimon Rumble Arena, and so on and so on, I was like, hey, let's play. And, and everyone was like, no, not with you. <laughs> so, that so how does this tie into Double, Double yeah. May Cry? Yeah, so... The only thing that I have going for me for, well, for uh, gaming sense is that um, I don't have a, like, a lot of skills. The only thing I have is just like my unyielding will to win. So in Devil May Cry, it was the game like put me through it because every time I was defeated by a boss, I was just like, my God, how, how hard that was. I want to kill myself. All right, let's play again. <laughs> so I just keep trying and trying. And my brother was like, I have seen you fight the same guy two days straight. Are you going to beat it or not? I'm like, give me time. <laughs> give me time. Mm-hmm. So it was that whole process. And it was the reason why it took me like five months. Because I'm I'm pretty bad like in that kind of games. But I just love the feeling. You know, just like, oh, yeah, I did it. It's, it's yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like, there are a lot of games where I'm like, okay, I this is now like a challenge. And it's it's... A measurement of my own personal value of whether or not yeah. I beat this yeah. boss. Yeah. Who I'm going to be <laughs> if I give up now? I wasn't raised a quitter. <laughs> <That's the same. laughs> so yeah, that's yeah. the thing that uh, went for the Devil May Cry series. Like uh, I started with there, and the disappointing part is that uh, when I started playing like the other games, the first one um, you got like some bosses that were kind of hardish but the game itself compared to the third one is shorter obviously and it was well easier to put it bluntly mm-hmm. so i i started playing the first one but yeah. i had troubles yeah. because uh, it's old yeah, and yeah. kind of janky yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah you can actually like see. In the, in the, I was fighting the spider uh, the spider. boss the giant yeah, spider yeah. lava yeah, boss yeah the lava boss yeah which, for the fans at home, is a giant spider lava boss. That's all you can really say about it. <laughs> and it's like, you're in, there's a bunch of pillars around, and so, like, the game isn't, like, it's not very clear, like, the how to beat it. It's just, it's not as, like, as well-defined a boss fight as, like, modern games are. So it's hard to go back to games like that when you're used to modern games. Yeah. 
Yeah, I get I get the point, especially with the camera, because uh, as you can see in some of the points, it also you can see a little bit of Resident Evil there because some of the camera is just like fixated, as you were telling. Right, we talked about that in the Resident Evil episode, how the camera is fixed in one spot, and but it doesn't have the same tank controls uh-huh. um, as modern days and as as Resident Evil. Um, but Axel, because yeah, it's kind of a, a holdover. Yeah, but thankfully they got rid of. Yeah. <laughs> Thankfully, because you can see also because uh, in Resident Evil it works because it's more like paced. You can take your time, but in the, the first game, especially you're just like, uh, especially in the case of fighting the lava spider, uh, you are in the camera. Just tra- when you start the fight, it's just like below you, and you see like the spider just jumping out of the window. It's like okay, cool, I can fight that. But when you reach like a certain point in the in the room, the camera changes, and you're like, whoa, what happened? And because the fight is just like mm. so fast-paced, the camera keeps changing, and you don't see where the spider is, but the spider is just throwing yeah. fireballs on you. Yeah, it kind of gets like that. So, like, what do you, mm-hmm. like, what do you think is the appeal? Because, like, we've talked on this podcast about like bad movies, and we've talked about like high-level skill of things. So, like, I feel like Devil May Cry kind of combines a lot of that. Like, it almost feels like there's an underlying good story of, like, the brotherhood between the main character and the villain. There's, like, a good... There's, like, really over-the-top cheesy stuff with, like, the, the voice acting and stuff like that. And then there's also the, the challenge. So, like, what do you think is the most appealing thing to you about, like, why are you a dumb nerd about Devil May Cry? Yeah, the most appeal of me will be one of the requirements for the game for well to beat the uh, the levels like pretty good well satisfactory in the satisfa- satisfactory levels it will be like you finish the game fast uh you do a lot of combos um you get like a lot of life and don't get hit like a lot so it's just a combination of that and just the the music the music especially is pretty good um, it's just like a combination of all of those, thi- those things because you're pushed like to the limit. Like you have to be good. Um, you have to change like the combos because if you keep repeating like the same hack and slash movements, uh, the meter doesn't go up. So just for the audience, the meter goes like a normal, well, Japanese kind of ranking. It goes from D, C, B, A, and just at the top is S. Yeah, I don't know about that. And then. <laughs> Double S. And double S and, and triple S. S. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it is, but it's just like higher than A. Um, so, the thing is that just to reach to that level, you have to combine multiple movements. You can do like the same combo, like just triangle, 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 because it doesn't feel like the bar. So, you just have to combine the different movements that you have to make. On top of that, if you're hit, the meter disappears. Also, your life bar goes like, well, it's reduced, obviously. And in the combination of all of those factors at the end of each mission, because it's not like uh, it's linear, but it just gives you like mission styles. So you can just take a pause. Uh, it just, as Teddy was saying, it, it just ranks you. So for me, the ranking is like pretty harsh because at the start, you don't know anything of this. So by the f- start, uh, the, f- uh, the end of the third mission is like, how the devil's hell do I have like CCB in rankings? I don't understand. Yeah. I got like all of my life. And then the the yeah, the game just tells you like, oh yeah, remember to do a different combos, remember to do it fast. 
remember to go and go and go and go. And also it, it helps like the, the music. Um, it's pretty phenomenal, actually, because it's uh, for the fans. Well, uh, Jack can, uh, can tell me more about this. It's more like a heavy metal-ish. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Check out episode two, Norwegian Black Metal with Jack. <laughs> a lot Just of a plugs this throwback. episode. I appreciate. Yeah. I appreciate. Yeah, you're a... listening to so many episodes. Oh yeah, it's like uh, if if I ever come back, you can actually I uh, can actually do a damn nerd thing about damn nerd thing. I actually hashtag if you if you go for the uh, if you sign up now, you receive like a a t-shirt that's signed by all of the cast. Mine comes in later. Mine is a special edition. <laughs> yeah. Uh, use promo code Dante's Pizza for. 50% off dumb nerd thing t-shirts on shark robot never <laughs> shark robot is the dream that's the dream we're reaching for but enough about dumb nerd thing tell me some more about your your dumb nerd thing like now playing with this new game because the there were like a pre a brief very brief introduction brief history they had they came out with those original games and then they came out they decided to reboot it and they changed Dante and they changed the aesthetic of the game to be edgy and hot topic and pretty lame and that was very not well met by a lot of fans and now they've brought it back with Devil May Cry 5 and it's like what is it like coming back to the series after feeling like it was dead yeah so um the Devil May Cry 4 it was released back in the 2010. So as Teddy was, as you were saying, they decided to use another well approach to do like a different. It's kind of a spin-off. It's called DMC for well, Devil May Cry, just in acronyms, I guess. Um, and yeah, they changed Dante in a lot of senses. Most of the characters are like heavy representations, but uh, yeah, they're kind of. How do you explain? Like more punkish, and the thing with the previous four games is just Dante was like a uh, defined character. He was cocky, but he was kind of he was kind of a, an asshole, but in a good way because he was also human. He had like a lot of depth. Um, he was fun to watch, and all of the characters are very established, like Lady Trish, Virgil. Everyone's cool. But uh, with this new concept, they decided like the restart the 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 whole series so that like the new players could get inside. But as you were saying, things didn't went quite well. First thing is that uh, as they changed Dante, most of the fans were like, uh, "Yeah, how do you, why do you call change your Dante? We like Dante," and they were like, "They they could have managed better because they, well, to put it bluntly, they just say." Fuck you! This is the new. This is the new Dante. So it was like, uh, okay, I'm gonna give it a try. And the game itself is pretty fun. It pre- mm-hmm. it got like a new, a new method. Like uh, some of the enemies you have to defeat like with certain weapons, like the axe that is heavy or the the scythe that was for center certain enemies. And it, it gave like a new layer. And the game is fluid. It's it's fine, but the story itself and the characters were kind of messy um i give you an example one of the boss fights is just against a character called succubus and the the story itself was pretty blunt and saying that they were going to use like a 
heavy language like just start uh, then they just start like saying in uh, condescending ways just like fuck you i'm not gonna save the world and it's like yeah dante the third game kind of started that way not just as blunt but okay okay but in that boss fight just dante being kind of more cockish than usual and not fun to watch he just the mm-hmm. how do you call it? like put the enemy down like it's normal but he just do it with a heavy language so in just in that fight I, I can't remember how many exactly time they say it, but just at the start of the fighting, it, they just go like, fuck you, damn thing. It's like, no, fuck you, soccer. It's like, fuck you. And it's like, fuck you. And it's like, jeez, <laughs> the mouth of these people. Yeah. So that kind of yeah. thing like, pumped me off because I, 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 I'm kind of more of a classic kind of guy. It's just more finesse in my games. Uh, mm-hmm. That sounds a little bit bad, but uh, yeah, it's... it's the 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 wording in that game is like oh, Jesus, and it's like every I think in every cinematic is like fuck you, man, and just Dante just going like yeah, I don't care, it's, I'm cool, man. It's like, uh, not really. So the game itself yeah. it's playable, it's um at least more playable than the second one and the first one, but story wise and character wise it was like kind of bland. So that's the reason why it flopped. Okay. Um, I was just actually expecting that they continue with that line, but because the fans' reception wasn't so good, Capcom decided to do the the reasonable thing and bring back Devil May Cry. And I can tell you how excited that was in the last E3, the last year. E3 is the con where they uh, they a bunch of people do a bunch of video game announcements. Yep. The, uh, the big companies just go and say, yeah, this is the game that's coming, this is the trailers, this is some advancements, and some years they're good, some years are bad from some companies. Last year for Xbox was pretty good, and actually because of the announcement of Devil May Cry 5, I can tell you how excited people were, like, it's the coming back, and in the just at the start of the trailer, I think I should start saying that uh, the main protagonist of the fifth game it's uh, theoretically and speaking, it's Nero. Um, this is the protagonist mm-hmm. also of the fourth game. Uh, he's kind of a mysterious guy because, well, I think I should dive a, a little bit into into the lore. Uh, Dante, that is the legendary demon hunter, he's part demon and part human. And he has, the way that you recognize that he's not normal is because he has white hair, like silverish hair. Also, his brother has silverish mm-hmm. hair. His brother appears in the third game. So when this kid appeared out of nowhere and he was like, okay, he has white hair and it's kind of similar to Dante. And you were expecting like an explanation. You are not given none. So they just say like, oh yeah, he's born in Italy. And he has silver hair and Dante is kind of related to the guy, but we are not going to say how. He also has like a devil arm. And in some part of the game, he receives like the the sort of Yamato, the sort of the brother of Dante, Virgil, and he's like, and what's the shadow that appears over there? And it's like, hmm, you have to play the games to know. But they never do uh-huh. tell. So <laughs> we're waiting, like, are they gonna finally go and say if is related to Dante in some way in the fifth game? So here's the huge spoiler alert. If you don't want to know, just... Um, Cover your just ears. skip like, like yeah for just the, skip like a minute or so yeah so the huge revelation here it comes three two one Nero is actually 
related to Dante as Virgil is his father. Dun, dun, See, dun. I saw the trailer and I was like, me, as somebody who knows nothing about Devil May Cry, I was like, obviously that's Virgil's kid. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, obviously that's Virgil's kid. Like, is that really going to be the twist? Because yeah. he looks like Virgil. He wears the same clothes as Virgil, which is Dante's brother. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm just, I'm just an outsider, so... Um, you know, whatever. Yeah, this is the this is the good thing about the the fifth game. Um, if you have never ever ever played any of the Devil May Cry series, you can actually start from the fifth part straight away. Oh, oh perfect. Yeah, the only thing that you need to know is just this: Dante is a legendary demon hunter. Nero is related to Dante as well. He's related to Dante, and you're going to be told that he's the son of Virgil. Virgil is the twin older brother to Dante, and they had a lot of confrontations in the past. Uh, the other characters that appear is this Nico. She's just a helper that gives you like tech guy, tech things. Oh, I love Nico. Oh, she's so cool, right? She's a really so cool, cool. But by far, I, I haven't played. The, I have not played the game. I've just seen what she looks like and how she acts and everything, and she looks so fun. Yeah, she's actually a fun character. Like. She doesn't cross the line, like she's uh, a little bit foul-mouthed, but not as much as in the DMC series, she, uh, mm-hmm. the spin-off. She just go like, just the right amount of words, like, don't go, don't go pissing your panties <laughs> to one of the characters. Just like, <laughs> she just go like that, she's cool. But by far, the one that resonates with, mo- uh, with me the most will be V. He's the mysterious character. And why is, yeah, tell me about V, why do you resonate with him? Yeah, so in the Devil May Cry gameplay-wise, Dante, Nero, Trish, Lady, most of the most of the times you are just like um, uh, told to go like straight to the point. Just go fight the guy like up close, finish your combos, do with that. Simple. You get the concept. But this different, lore-wise and gameplay-wise. Gameplay-wise, as he has low health. Like compared to Nero and Dante, the other two playable characters, um, he's so we actually don't know what he is. Like, where did he come from? He was never referred back in the previous game. He just appeared out of nowhere and just told like, uh, "Dante, I need you to kill this demon. I can't, but he's too powerful. He's just in that big castle, that <laughs> rocky formation that is appearing over there. I need you to do it." And I'm like, okay, but he can also fight. And the way he fights is that, as you can see, like in the promotional artwork, he just uh, is covered like in tattoos. And the way that works is that those tattoos are kind of a covenants he made with different uh, demons so that he can um, summon them and fight them. And the way that they fight is that he just summon them and you can actually control each of the three different demons. And he can all kind of plays like a little bit of a sonar, but because uh, the demons can actually kill all of the enemies, well, any of the enemies, B has to go and put the finishing touch. You have to be like pretty, um, how do you say, tactical. You have to mm-hmm. see like the life bars of your uh, of your two. It's like, why do you why do you resonate with him so much? Yeah, because <laughs> he's actually quite cool to play as because you can see like a different style. Um, you can see that. He's actually pretty um, usable. Like, 
it requires that level of finesse that I have never seen like in the in the games before. Like uh, from Trish and some of the combos with Dante, you can actually play with uh, guns, bazookas, uh, different artillery, and you can actually kill the enemy like uh, up, um, like pretty far away. But with B, it's pretty different. You have to be pretty well known where your uh, assets are, what the life bar are, what your life bar is, where the enemies are. You have to take like a different approach, and it's actually quite refreshing. He's actually quite cool, and so it adds to that challenge that you uh-huh. enjoy. Yeah, and it also, as aesthetics-wise, you can see that um, every time, like he summons each of the well, two of the demons, it the tattoos disappear from his body, and the third and the most bigger one, kind of a colossus, a it's like it resides in his hair like his natural hair color is actually white like silverish like dante nero and virgil and you're like hmm, something is mysterious here so mm-hmm. when he transforms, his hair goes to white because the demon that is actually that colossus resides in his hair it also appeals like to the mystery because each of the three demons that he summons are actually enemies you face in the first game. Griffon, Shadow, oh, no and Nightmare. Like, the tiger that you see is just like that uh, black goo that, uh, yeah, it's pretty similar to Venom. Like, it just attacks you, like, forming mm-hmm. axes, um, uh, different kind of uh, blunt objects, and he's just, like, kind of malleable. So, you're just like, I have seen you before. Griffon is an enemy that is actually pretty important to the Lord that's in the first game. Uh, his defeat and he's later killed by the hand of Mundus, the final boss of the game. He's betrayed by the final boss and he teaches Dante that there's a difference between demons and devils. That's going to be important. Let me just <laughs> talk about that later. Wow. So, And the final one is also Nightmare. That is also one of the boss that you fight and you're like, okay, this character appeared out of nowhere, has silver hair and it also is related to three of the predominant bosses from the first game. Interesting. So it's kind of... Um, this, story-wise, the game is actually pretty good because it's kind of it's not as convoluted. It's a direct twist. So most of the games has just like a linear story that you can follow, but it's actually pretty good. So you can see like the mm-hmm. development of the characters. So if you were wondering, like um, in the timeline, the games go like this. The first one, canonically, it's the third one. I know, it's a little bit weird. It's kind of a prequel if you take into account the other games. Um, The other part, the other game that follows him, it will be the first one. Later, Mm -hmm. it will be the second one. Then the fourth, and finally, the fifth one. But do not worry, as is the final entry in the game so far. Uh, the story you're going to you will be able to follow it pretty easily. What you need to know in the third one is the development that characters does and the associates that he meets. He meets because oh, this is going to be uh, this is going to be fun. The lore goes like this. So the lore is that uh, uh, the father Sparta is a legend of Dante. is a legendary demon that was killed. He was going to be the ruler of the demon world. But he was killed. Then they killed uh, Dante's and Virgil's mother. Virgil from there decides to go for power. Go for the demon way. 
Dante just tries to go for the human way, but he's just not that interested. He just becomes recluse like his brother. At the end of the third game, he decides to become more human and just to care a little bit more. That's going to be like a centerpiece for our next topics. Uh, he just cares. And the twist there is just at the end, uh, he just considers himself a demon, like not interested, not feelings. And at the end, because he lost his brother, his brother Virgil just gets trapped into the demon world, he cries a little bit. And just the one that uh, tells the thing, his uh, lady, he just says, huh, I guess demon, uh, devils may cry. And he's like, oh yeah, cool name. And he decides to name like his Ghostbuster demon hunter <laughs> thing that devils may cry. Um, Lord-wise, then in the first way, the first game, Mondus, that is the guy that's uh, the, actually like the demon lord, he makes a copy of uh, Dante's mother so that he can make some witchy-washy things. And that's the lady that appears at the end. She's uh, at the beginning. She's uh, Trish, and he's like, okay. So the thing in the game is like, uh, in the third, he uh, he knows how to be well human. And because he, dis uh, he despised demons and devils for killing his entire family, he isn't well, yeah, well receiving of Trish. But at the end of the game, he learns that there's a difference between demons and devils. There's what also Griffon takes, uh, enters, the, enters the fray, because Griffon is killed by the same Mundus. And just as Griffon was trying to like fulfill the wishes of Mundus, so... Dante, is, uh, it's pretty, yeah, it's pretty heated about that. Also, after Tris almost sacrifices herself to save him, and she's just trying to apologize, just Dante goes and says, uh, Trish, don't worry, <laughs> I understand you because you are more, uh, you are not a devil because devils never cry. So there he learns the difference between the devils and the demons. Like demons have like the kind of grayish area where they can be like his father, like more close to humans. But devils are like bundes, like the entire opposite, just evil itself. And I'm I will talk about the second game, but it's actually not that relevant. Like the second game is actually. Uh, because of the well, because of the success of the first one, they just wanted to release uh -huh. the second one like fast as possible, and they did a mess. Like the second one is <laughs> okay. almost unplayable, and just in the fourth one he meets Nero, and he and they become friends. And yada yada yada, you start at the fifth game. There we go. And there you go. Uh, do you have any final thoughts you want to throw out there about why Devil May Cry is? something to be nerdy about yeah it's actually a pretty fun game you can actually get invested in it it's uh the lore the gameplay um it's uh the scenarios are actually pretty well made the enemies are pretty well made each boss fight feels unique and uh, gameplay wise it's actually pretty good but if you have to stay for something it will be for the music the music itself takes you like uh like by surprise like uh, the beginning of the of the of the games, you actually start like with a pretty classical, like biblical, catholological music, like kind of Gregorian, uh, like yeah, like Gregorian. But straight out of nowhere, there comes like the heavy metal music, like just like a uh, uh, like screaming, but not like the bad screaming, just to get you like in the in the in the ambience. So imagine this, like kind of the Resident Evil uh, thing. You're just exploring, just doing some puzzles. Oh yeah, there's also puzzles. 
but it's more like uh, action based, so it's more fast paced. And you're just mm-hmm. like, yeah, you're just uh, doing minding your own thing, and then you enter a room, and then just start out of nowhere like heavy metal music, like oh god, oh god, oh god, what happened? What happened? It could be like a normal guy, it could be a <laughs> boss fight, you never know. So just just take the time to be surprised. It's like actually a pretty cool game if you uh, if you give it the chance. Cool. Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, we're going to take a little break here and then uh, tune in next time for our continuing discussion of dumb nerd things with Tobar and Teddy. And uh, it's going to be about Superman, Superman yeah. the best superhero of all time. Yes. You said it, Teddy. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, or maybe a dumb nerd thing you'd like to talk about or ask about, uh, just email me at dumbnerdthing at gmail.com. That's dumbnerdthing at gmail.com. Yeah, you told me the other day.